a Lifetime original podcast. Mm, this hummus was good. All right, I'll kick it off so you can finish chewing. I love a Lifetime movie. They keep drugging these pregnant women. Lifetime, what are we doing? Chekhov's chloroform. Big Daddy Lifetime. Honey, you would never catch me touching your pee stick. I'm going to tell you that right now. What is this, America? I think if I knew a psycho granny with this kind of income, I would maybe pull a Tuesdays with Maury situation. Am I a hostage? Am I a guest? (laughs) (laughs) No, ow, ow. Please just just take me home. I, I won't tell anybody about you or this place. I'll even, I'll come back and see you. Okay, we can work through all this together, but first you have to let me go. My child, I will never let you go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Paragon, here with a woman who always orders room service, the one, the only, Megan Gailey. Hi, Diva. Mm. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm not mm. doing as well as you, because before we started recording, you were like, I got to get my room service. And so I know. it's like, you're truly thriving. And I know. I thought it was going to come early enough. I mean, they gave me so many stacks of pita. <laughs> I wish you guys were here. I'm st- I'm in Chicago right now. I feel like I record this podcast from Chicago more than I do in LA. And I treated myself because, you know, the last time I was in Chicago, I did not like my hotel. <laughs> and part of, part of my issue with it was there was no room service. Right. And they do that thing where they blame COVID. And it's like, that's not a COVID. That's not right. COVID. That's, like the woman just brought me, she was in a mask. Exactly. I was in a mask. Exactly. That's actually better. It's better than making people go down in the restaurants. Right. So it pissed me off. So this hotel, oh my gosh, I love it so much. And this morning I was at breakfast and there was this cute little family behind me, sweet little girl, probably two years old and um, cute little black girl. And this white woman, blonde white woman, brings her over a little teddy bear, like a complimentary- Wait, the blonde white woman? Well, I think this is what the black child was thinking. So she she works at the hotel. Okay. So she walks over with this teddy bear and is like, hi, good morning. I have a teddy bear for you. And the little girl looked her up and down <laughs> with a face and just was like, no. <laughs> yes. And it was so funny to just, and then, and then the white woman goes, oh, okay, stranger danger. And it's like, no, I think she knows. I think she sees a blonde white woman and it's like, I don't want free shit exactly. from you. She's like, I will not be baited. I love that girl. Can you see if she'll be on the pod? Because I would interview her because to be that young and already have your antenna up, that's a queen. That's someone we could all learn from. Yes. Mm, Absolutely. And then, of course, you know, I had to give a little test run when I was getting up. And so I was like, bye. She gave me nothing. And I go, good for (laughs) you. Ice these white women out, girl. That is so funny. And I bet she's also like, why do these white girls keep trying to talk to me? She's like, I don't have anything for you. And see, it's that kind of thinking that really would have served the heroine of our movie today. Okay? A hundred percent. You know, she was not, you know, this little girl, she was wary. Our lead actress was not wary enough. Because y'all, we are here to talk to you about a film called Next Door Nightmare, which I'm also calling Psycho Granny 2. The logline is this. When young couples Sarah and Kyle move next door to Helen, a kindly older woman, they have no idea she is a psychopath who will stop at nothing to become Sarah's surrogate mother and grandmother to the child she is expecting. 
Okay, what a trend we're seeing. We're really seeing it. If you have not seen this, you can holler at it on Amazon Prime. I mean, it's worth every penny. I think, uh, honestly, in some ways it does give Psycho Granny a run for its money. Yeah, because... Helen is actually grandmother age, you know, like she's like giving you the gray hair, the wrinkles where you're like, wow, I did not expect her to be so ruthless. And we're also in the snow. Uh huh. We're outside Philadelphia. They keep saying Philadelphia. And it's like, this looks like the set of misery. We could be anywhere. (laughs) Real misery energy. Definitely. I thought we were in Montana, but they're outside Philadelphia. And so it's like, we're getting winter version of Psycho Granny with an actual grandmother. And some twists and some location changes and obviously some drugging I was not expecting. Interesting. You know, I'm always expecting drugging. So, you know, it's like lifetime. What are we doing? Chekhov's chloroform. But I also have to say, though, we do have a fun guest for this. I'm like very interested to hear her take because later on, you guys, we will be talking to award winning journalist, host, cultural critic, producer and editor, Brittany Luce. Wow. But most importantly, a lover of Lifetime movies. So we're really going to be getting someone who is informed, who has their finger on the pulse, who has integrity. And I'm very curious to see what she thinks of Psycho Granny. I mean, Next Door Nightmare, colon, Psycho Granny 2 in my dream uh-huh. journal. Yeah. Um, honestly, since there's a lot going on, let's get into it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So this movie starts off, we see a young brown-haired woman named Callie yelling at an old lady. This is Helen Henderson. This is our villain, Granny Realness. And I am obsessed with her, obsessed with her. And this is exactly the kind of old person, because remember when we were doing Psycho Granny, where you were like, okay, this person is old. I'm not going to be able to not be on their side. And as soon as I saw this movie, I texted you, I go, you're going to be on Team Helen. Yes. Um, I love Helen. He- even hearing the name Helen, that's my mother-in-law's name. And my mother-in-law oh. lives in Henderson, Nevada. Okay. Helen lives in Henderson? And yes. you're talking about Helen Henderson? Yes. And it keep it kept clocking in my brain. Um, wow. But my mother-in-law, she would not go to the lengths that this <laughs> Helen goes to. <laughs> my first impression of Callie, I thought we were going to be with her the whole movie, you know, because yeah. we see her. She has the most intense bags under her eyes in a way that made me frightened for my third trimester. Like, <laughs> she, she almost had like a ghoul-like Halloween mask happening of bags. And she's angry with Helen. And I'm like, right. girl, we got to get some eye cream, okay? Like, But that's Helen's fault, okay? Those craggly eyes are clearly the result of being beat down by Helen, okay? Listen to... Callie going off on Helen. You are not my mother. You killed my husband. Don't touch me! And Helen is just like, not even registering it. You'll be back. You always come back to me. And dinner will be ready. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. Great. Dinner will be ready. I mean... 
Talk about gaslighting. So far, so good. Right. I don't know if there's a point in this movie where I turn on Helen. What? I don't know. Okay, y'all. Helen, for me, yes, she's like cute. But you know, just like the little black girl at the hotel, whenever a white lady comes in too hot, I'm like, keep your distance. I don't know why you that into me. You don't even know me yet. Okay. Yeah, I just don't. I I just hope we don't have any psychopathic elder elders listening to this podcast because I am ripe for the picking. All right, you know, like (laughs) that's true. You are gonna have a baby. So if we have any psychopathic elders who are wanting to be a grandmother, you can reach Megan. Yeah, (laughs) I talk to my eighty year old neighbor all the time. She tells me I'm constantly getting updates on her elbow, and I can't get enough of them. (laughs) Well. You can't get enough, but in this movie, Callie is driving off, okay? She's driving off in the snow, and she's, like, listening to a voicemail from a doctor who's like, This is Dr. Chelton returning your call. There's something you need to know about Helen. It's very important that you get in touch with me right away. And then Callie gets hit by a car. Oh, no. And that night... The cops come to Helen's house to tell her Callie's dead. And then they ask her about Callie's husband. Because Callie's like, Callie's dying words were like, Helen, kill my husband. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She's like, you must go to Helen Henderson and like gives Helen's address. You know what I mean? In her dying breath. And then Helen pulls a knife on the cops. No, this is Please hey. calm down. We just need to ask you some questions about the death of her husband. Bob Jones. You are not going to destroy my family! (laughs) And luckily she doesn't go, she like slices uh, the black woman on Mm -hmm. her arm. Mm -hmm. But luckily like, you know, it wasn't like a deep cut. But when I saw her grab that knife, I said, oh, Helen, not even you can get out of this one. Mm -hmm. So then we cut to Grace, who is a therapist, who I thought was going to be our protagonist. You know, we are- we are just getting white woman after white woman after white woman, not unlike the young black child I saw in the lobby this morning. So <laughs> we see Grace. She's pulling up. She's visiting Helen. Follow-up notes for Helen Henderson, file number 36777. Dr. Daniel Chelton observed that even before the incident, his patient was delusional, prone to codependency and obsession with others. She was accused of murder, but no evidence was found. After the investigation, Miss Henderson's assault case was handed off to the Philadelphia Medical Board, and she was committed for nine months. She became a model patient. She was released one month ago, and this will be my first mandatory visit. I will observe Miss Henderson and make my evaluation. Helen was in a psychiatric care facility for nine months. Right. She murdered a man, yep. and she attacked a police officer, and she got nine months i'm like what is this america (laughs) exactly and it's like helen is just like apparently she was like a model patient and she's like ready to make things right but then helen notices a young couple moving in next door Mm-hmm. Sarah and Kyle. First mm-hmm. of all, we've got an interracial love. Kyle is the same actor who played Eddie in Miracle in Motor City, yes. our Motown Christmas. And I have a question for you. I think he is hotter as Kyle in this movie than he was as Eddie. Agree? You know, I'm not finding him hot in either iteration. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that. Like, he's a little, there's something about him that's like, Maybe a little too scrawny for me. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, look, he looks very attainable, which, you know, can be fun. Wow. But I'm really watching Lifetime for, like, 
I don't know, like Boris Kojo energy. You know what I mean? Blair oh, Underwood God. in the 80s energy. That's the, my black men that I want in Lifetime. Like I real, follow like, both of them on Instagram. Obsessed. Boris is obsessed with his hot wife, who I'm also obsessed with and follow. But maybe now- now They're in like, love and they're both hot. Yes. Now, psychologically, I'm like, oh no, do I think he's hotter in this movie because he's with a white woman and it seems like I'm seeing myself as yes, Sarah. That's exactly what it is. Because uh, I could <laughs> never, I could never be Tia. You know, not a shot in the hell. But I could be Sarah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you might be Sarah. Okay? Yeah, because, because I have an interracial marriage. Yes. And I'm pre- oh, my God. And I love Yes, you are Sarah. Helen. All right, great. And you're obsessed with old ladies. So it's like, this movie is your life. And that's why I need you taking notes. I need you focusing. I'm, about to, um, I'm focused. So the plan is for Kyle's mom, Judith, to come help them get settled in. But neither Kyle nor Sarah wants her to come. You can definitely like get the vibe that it's like, oh, your mom is a lot and I'm not ready for it. So I guess you couldn't talk Judith out of coming, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, hon, but she, mom means well. Mm. She'll just be here for a few days. That'll be fun. <laughs> Please promise me you'll try to play nice. And as they're talking about this, Helen is like creeping around their windows, watching them <laughs> excitedly. Oh, look. A new family. A new beginning. And the whole time, I just feel like for such an old woman, Helen is so strong, so spry. I mean, I would not, you would not catch me walking in the cold. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am like, it's freezing, Helen. Get in the house. Bones must be hurting. Old people, they can't go out in the cold. That's why they moved to Florida, Arizona, Palm Springs. Helen, she's just posted up in damn rural Pennsylvania making damn snow angels outside of strangers' houses. Um, Exactly. Kyle does mention starting over. Mm -hmm. And I flagged that because I'm like, from what? You know, like what happened to Sarah and Kyle that they're moving to this spot to start over country. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I he- okay. Here's our first hint because after that, the next day, Kyle gets a call from his ex-girlfriend, Angela. And she's a white woman. Yes. But she also has a very like instantly I'm looking at Angela and I'm like, okay, you've been on several soap operas. She has a really classic, like what do you want? And energy. Yeah. You yeah. know, real bad girl. And clearly there's drama there. Listen to their combo. Hello, Trouble. Well, that's a fine way to say hello to a lady. Oh, and you're surprised? I mean, last time we were together, you were so drunk you could barely stand up. It was a party and I was networking. Anyways, Kyle, I need a gig. And you still owe me one. You are my ex-girlfriend. You're not a software engineer. Must I remind you that you wouldn't be married if it wasn't for me? And I appreciate it. I really do. But this is a serious time right now. We're about to land a major investment, and I don't need the drama. So now I'm a drama queen? Are you kidding me? I was there for you, so you better be there for me. I was there for you, and you gambled away every penny. Oh, Kyle, come on. You've been to Vegas again, haven't you? That's why you're asking for money, right? It always is. I can help you. Just give me a PR gig or something. We don't need that, and I won't pay your debts, Angela. I'm sorry, I have to go now. Don't you dare hang up on me. Kyle. (sighs) All right. I mean, we're 12 minutes in and we've got, don't you dare hang up on me, Kyle. And we know know this isn't the antagonist. It's called (laughs) Psycho Neighbor. And I'm like, we got a damn psycho ex-girlfriend. I know. And the fact that Angela's asking for money from her ex, I'm like, you don't have any other friends that you could be asking for help? 
I think that's very much a red flag. There's something going on there because there should be at least 10 people you call asking for a job or money before yeah. you call your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I, I honestly like go through that list all the time. Like if things got bad for me, where do I go? And if mm-hmm. one through 10 is gone, who is the 11th? I don't know. Right. Is that a fun game other people are playing? <laughs> Where's my rock bottom? <laughs> I know. I always think about that. Like, obviously, my mom would be first, but I also then would never hear the end of it. But I don't know if I have anybody after that. It's funny because I well, do you have me. I have, you have me. But I would never, like, ask you for money. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, I might come sleep on your couch, but I wouldn't be like, hey, girl, can you spot me a grand? You know who would give us money? Who? Big Daddy Lifetime. <laughs> We'd be like, listen, we need more money. <laughs> oh my God. Us going to the CEO of Lifetime being yeah. like, can I have an advance? More, please. Okay. <laughs> so Angela, we gotta be worried about her, not just Helen. Um, so Helen comes by and she has a basket of goodies. And I'm like, yes, bitch, thank you. And it is like, <laughs> it's moving day. The the van's gonna be coming and and Kyle, I want to call him Eddie. Kyle's not going to be there. And I that really pissed me off. But then I remembered I missed our last move because I had to work. So <laughs> I am the Kyle of this relationship. She comes inside. They talk. And then we find out. She's like, who are your parents? And Sarah's like, don't have them. Classic <laughs> lifetime. Just no parents. Classic. Which right. made me be like, then why are you so against Kyle's mom? You know, like exactly. you have no mom. No. I know. Yeah, basically Sarah's like, I was raised in a group home, but also like she's clearly thriving. She loved it. <laughs> she's I know. Like, Jenny she's like, and I had so much fun. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, great. Like, we love that for you. But also I will say, I kind of appreciated that a bit more because it's yeah. because at least now you sort of you get the justification for why she's like trying to hang out with Helen. Cause that was my problem in Psycho Granny. I was like, why are you talking to this woman? Yeah. You well, had her mom had just mom. died. Like, her mom had just I died. I know, yeah. but still it's different. Uh-huh. Because Sarah's never had a mother. So she's like, okay, I like this vibe. And I'm convinced Sarah doesn't like her mother-in-law because she's black. Wow. Like Sarah's not used to black mama drama. Yeah. And so she's like, ew, just a lot. And it's like, okay, so Helen is white. And that's why you decided she's going to be your mama anyway. And I like Judith's energy too. I'll take Judith and Helen, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then we find out what they're starting over from. We were three years deep trying to have a baby. Nothing was working. We were both pretty fed up, but he made a mistake that he regretted. An affair. Oh, honey. Right. Right. And and we're assuming with Angela. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, she had to have been. And I'm thinking, it's like, why are you telling Helen all this? But you can't tell old ladies that. Because you tell old ladies that and they go, yeah, so did my husband. Ten of them. (laughs) 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 We didn't sleep in the same room. You know, like that's like. I think to our generation, that's much more damning <laughs> than yes, it is yes, to like, yes. you know, my yeah. grandfather told my grandmother to move to Arizona with my mom and her two brothers. And then my grandfather just never came, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's that era. Did your grandmother like either get remarried or take a lover or was she just always no, she came back? She came back a oh. year later and was like, where the f- have you been? And he was like, oh man, <laughs> I moved above the country club. That is wild. But wait, didn't your grandfather end up remarrying, right? Because, like, you like his new wife? Yeah, he ended up remarrying. We hated her. We loved his mistress he took during the second marriage. 
Right, you right, know, right. Oh, the mistress during the second. So really, this is like lady number three. Yeah, Not loved her. Wife. Loved her. Keep in contact. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay. Again, this was what makes you a Sarah. So while Helen is like sipping tea and getting tea, Grace, the therapist, comes by Helen's house again to check on her. And like when Helen notices that car, she's like, hey, Sarah, gotta go. And <laughs> then, so, so basically Helen's going back into her house. But Grace, and this is what I will say, is like, mm, I don't know. Grace, no one's answering Helen's door. Helen? Helen, are you home? Helen, are you okay? Helen? Grace opens the door and walks into the house. Uh Uh-huh. Hello? She then starts looking around the house, and at one point she's even like, I'm coming up. She's kind of announcing herself. And at first I was like, what are you doing, Grace? But then I was like, you know what? I'll allow this because Helen is an older woman. Right. Maybe Grace is like, she's fallen and she can't get up. That's exact. I was just thinking our generation grew up thinking if you can't find an old person, they're on the ground. And you got to exactly. go find them. And you do. Right. A fall is very dangerous for an old it's person. It's very serious. Yeah. And like Helen does not have life alert. She is in the country. Yeah. It would take it would take a, you know, fire truck 90 minutes to get there. Ooh. So Grace goes upstairs And she sees on a wall a giant... (laughs) True detective. (laughs) Yeah, but like also like collage vibe. Like it's a really intense art installation of the country house that Helen purchased with pictures of different brunette young women Mm -hmm. and inside like various windows of the house. So again, she's really giving us Joanne Fabric, Michael's energy. Yeah, sort of second grade school project. Yes, and cut out letters at the bottom that says my family. Ew, and like those ransom note letters. <laughs> well, and that's exactly why you know it's crazy. Because part of me is like, why couldn't you just write that with a marker? Why did you have to clip out individual letters and make it look very murderous? And so basically when Helen gets up there. What are you doing here, Grace? Grace is like, Helen, I want to help you, okay? We all want to help you. You have a condition. But it's okay. I- I'm going to call Dr. Chalton and we can go see him together, okay? But you can't keep living your life this way. Dear Grace, you're giving me no choice. And what does Helen do? She grabs some scissors and stabs Grace in the gut. <laughs> You still on wow. team Helen, Megan? Um, so far, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, no, I'm devastated that Grace is dead. Um, you know, we've seen her now for 30 seconds and obviously yep. really connected. But that's a dangerous job, you know? It's yeah. a dangerous job to go to people's homes and check in on them right after they've gotten out of psychiatric care. You know who's not going right. to do that job? Me or you. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. We will be telling yep. jokes. Thank you. Yep. Also, I'm going to say when you have that kind of job, especially like clearly Grace is driven to the country, there should be a buddy system. Like right. you should not let like no one should be. It's almost like a legal issue because let's not only, you know, could this person be dangerous, but also a person could accuse you of something uh-huh. and there's no other witness to confirm or deny. So it's like you need to have an extra person. You need a plus one if you do any home visits. There is seven feet of snow the entire time of this film and every single person drives a Jeep Wrangler and it is so stressful. I'm like, (laughs) I do not think this is a car appropriate for this amount of snow. 
That's my two cents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, basically, after Helen has stabbed Grace, <laughs> Sarah comes by to return Helen's cell phone, which yeah, she, she left, left her left house. It. Classic old lady. And then Sarah, like when Sarah's kind of knocking on the door, Helen comes and then Sarah faints in the doorway. Oh, Sarah. 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 And I just burst out laughing because to me, this is a comedy of errors because now Helen's got like a dead body, (laughs) a passed out body. She's quickly like carrying Sarah inside to put her on a couch. Then she moves Grace's car into her garage. So no one knows it's there. And it's like, okay, Helen is really multitasking. I can imagine her just being like, oh, brother, it's all yeah. happening. It really, you're, I hadn't even thought of that, but it did turn into a British stage play. We were getting, <laughs> we were getting lights out. Um, and I, and I love that. Like one door opens and another one closes and it's yes. like, where did he go? Oh, yes. <laughs> but Helen's, Helen's doing a one woman show. Absolutely. Um, so when Sarah comes to, she's like, where the hell am I? And then, <laughs> and then Helen's like, well, didn't you say that you were trying? Uh, which we know is every psycho granny's favorite thing, a baby. So Sarah goes out and gets a pregnancy test. Helen follows her. Sarah? Oh, hi, Helen. <laughs> I, I guess we're both out shopping, huh? I don't know why they need to be so up in the fertilization period. That's what I wanted to know. I'm like, you don't have to follow her to She's going to tell you. She likes you. She fainted at your house. She's going to let you know. Exactly. And then Grace's boss calls, calls Grace's phone, trying to get a hold of her. And when she doesn't answer, he is like, oh, the last person she was with was Helen. So I need to call Helen, which she does. And Helen just (laughs) straight to voicemail. Exactly. And then later that night, Sarah finds out she's pregnant, but she's also finding this out with Helen. So Helen is with her. Helen's like, I'll read the read the results. What does it say? Congratulations. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm like, honey, you would never catch me touching your pee stick. I'm going to tell you that right now. And then her bestie, Jen, you know, group home, buddy Jen comes yeah. over. BFF. But, and here's the thing. Jen thinks Helen is sweet and cute. Duh. Which I was like, okay, good. Because I got very nervous. Like the moment we saw there was a best friend, I was like, oh my God. Helen she's going to get stabbed too. Yeah, exactly. Right. But she's like on team Helen. And while Jen is like, Helen's so sweet. We see Helen digging Grace's grave in the snow. <laughs> in the snow. You know how hard it is? To give yes. a dig a grave in sub-zero temps? The ground temps? is hard as a rock. There, she couldn't do this. Okay, this is what I mean. Helen is strong. I mean, let alone, she has to drag that body from her upstairs murder room outside and then put it down. I'm like, okay, Helen, quite honestly, are you a triathlete? Yes, because it's like, what kind of Zumba are these elders doing? Exactly. Naomi and I want to do it. We're not going to be burying bodies, but it's like, get me in crazy old lady shape. Exactly. I mean, I'm telling you, I wonder if the crazy just boosts your metabolism. Yeah. So they're just constantly just burning, burning, burning. At this point, I'm like, where the hell is Kyle? <laughs> we haven't <laughs> seen him. Did he is he having an, another affair? But he's in New York for like a big presentation. And somehow it is 2.45 p.m. in New York City and the dark of night in Philadelphia. <laughs> but is it meant to be the same time? Yes, I think so. 
Okay. Because okay. remember, she texted him and was like, come home, I got big news. So Kyle's, oh, right, it's Kyle, daytime, you're correct. Kyle comes home, he's excited, he wasn't having an affair. We need <laughs> to touch down on the fact that I believe he called himself a video game developer, which is yeah. a job that every young boy believes exists that I don't think actually does. <laughs> okay, so the next day, Helen comes to help Sarah, and guess who's there? Judith otherwise known as Judy. And <laughs> and and you can tell we're getting like alpha woman vibes from both of them. And you can't have two grandmas in one house that needs to be set up. And then my son tells me I'm going to be a grandmother. You can't imagine the excitement, Helen. Oh, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> anyway, we have a busy day ahead of us, Sarah. I have a whole list of things we need to get for you. And we have to make it to that doctor's appointment on time. Uh, I could help with that. Oh, don't pay it another thought. Sarah tells me you've been very supportive. But I think I can take it from here. You understand, right? Oh, of course. Um, I suppose I should get going. No, Helen, please stay. Just finish your coffee. No, she's right, honey. We have to get a jump on the day. So nice of you to drop by here. Well, I'll see you soon, Sarah. I'd like that, Helen. We can all have dinner. Mm. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and you are very welcome, and I hope to see you soon. <laughs> well, it was crazy to me because Helen immediately is like jealous and pissed. And Judith, again, Kyle's mom is like, you can go, Helen. Mm -hmm. And I just like felt that black mama energy. It felt so real to me. The actress who plays Judith, I was it's like, amazing. absolutely your perfection. So, you know, Helen leaves, but you can tell it's like, uh oh, you know, made Helen mad, Judith. And then later that day, Angela, she like drives to Kyle's house. And basically you see Kyle leave. and But then like, Angela's there and she's like taking pictures of their house with her camera phone. Yeah. And it's like immediately I got a real housewives of Salt Lake City vibe. Are you watching? You know, that? like like a brunette in the snow was very real housewives of Salt Lake. Are you watching that? I know I told you to. Well, I haven't started the new season because I told you I can't watch it by myself because watching it by myself makes me feel dirty because I'm dealing with people who are just like mentally ill and immature. Okay, well, I'll be back the 28th and you are coming over that night. Thank you. Absolutely. Because you know a woman just got arrested. She's going to fight. Did they show Jen Shaw's arrest? We got the last 20 minutes of it. And I go, CJ, you want to come see a woman get arrested? And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting real lifetime over there. But you're exactly correct. Angela has real Lisa Barlow energy. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, uh -huh. And so Helen is like, hello. And they have like a really funny, very soap opera. Yeah. At one point, Angela's like charmed. Um, so, <laughs> so listen to Helen and Angela do psychos meeting in the snow. So what was your plan for today? Intimidation or are you just a woman scorned? I'm not sleeping with him if that's what you mean. Oh, but you wouldn't mind his wife thinking that, would you? For financial leverage? <laughs> I can see just by looking at you that you're a devious little thing. I have to be. Do you know what it's like for a woman in PR, Helen? Everyone's looking to screw you over or just screw you. Oh, how tragic. What's your particular game, Helen? What's so interesting about Kyle and Sarah Collins? Let me put it to you this way, love. My husband passed away years ago and left me very rich. 
Now, it's true that money can't buy you everything, but I have a feeling that it will help me purchase an ally in you. Whoa, I was dead. Like, I loved that. It. it was just like head to head, bitch to bitch energy where I was like, I like when Helen is direct. Like, if you're clear about your crazy, I'm yeah. on board. It's the nefariousness that I have a problem with. But also, just to make it clear, is Angela talking about being oppressed because she works in public relations? Yes, yes. She I is. don't understand that rationale. Um, you know, we we know some Angelas and it's definitely and also we saw Angela calling Kyle and she had a great kitchen. You know, like gorgeous gorgeous well, condo she was in. Well, so, hello, Lifetime Kitchen. You know that. That's why it's so hard when someone's like I need money and I'm like okay, downsize. Sell downsize Angela. Time. You've got exactly. a gorgeous cat eye. You know, like maybe you don't need to be going to Sephora all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but she is oppressed because of PR. Um, <laughs> and I think Helen even sees through that BS. Exactly. If anyone here listens, works in PR, I need you to like send us a quick voicemail about your oppression. Uh, confirm or deny this because it does seem insane to me. Anyway, after that happens, Sarah comes over to Helen's and Helen shows Sarah a picture of the country house that she bought. And I will say that in this m- moment, it does feel like Crazy has found the needy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just listen to this situation. It was my dream to move there. To provide my grandchildren with a, an unspoiled upbringing. Free of the city. Free from everything bad. I'm going in a few days and I might or might not sell this old house, but it's time to go. You're leaving? You can come and visit. Oh, I'd love to have you and your daughter there. (laughs) I always wanted a little girl. Oh. How did you know that? You wear it on your face, hon. You want to be the mother you never had. Oh. Oh. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for understanding me. We all need understanding, child. All of us. Wow. Hmm. And this is when I felt like Sarah is not okay. For someone who was like, I grew up in a group home, but I'm okay. You're not okay if you make a mother out of the first white lady who's nice to you. Yeah, and what is flagging for me is they already live in country homes. And so now they're just moving to a different country. Like, when she shows us the country home, I'm like, that looks like the house you live in now. I I know. And so I'm like, I don't think that you, I don't think this is a smart investment for your real estate portfolio. That's what I'm touching down on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So later... Uh, Judith is like, you need to get ready for Kyle's work dinner. And so she goes up, she gets ready. And like Sarah and Judith have not been, like Sarah's kind of rude to her. Now be sure not to drink any alcohol at dinner. And call if you're going to be late. Don't worry, Judith, I will. Stop a minute. Let me look at you. What, is there like a hair off or something? 
Sarah's very rude to Judith. And it's just like, oh, you don't understand that black moms are not here to be nice to you. She immediately is like, why is she so hard on me and opinionated? I'm like, baby, she's your mother-in-law. You just kind of have to be nice to your mother-in-law regardless. That's the dynamic. Okay. Monster-in-law. Hello. And so she comes down and she has her hair pulled back and you know, moms love that. So Judith (laughs) tells her that she looks really pretty and that she's really proud of her. And it is like a really sweet moment. He just looks so beautiful. I'm proud of you. I always have been, Sarah. (laughs) I know I can be, well, kind of a bit much sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Judith. (laughs) Oh, my ride share is here. I gotta go. Bye, Mom. Bye. Wow. Okay. Now you just feel like, okay, you want everybody to be your mama? Okay. It's like Sarah mm-hmm. is out here just needing something. Maybe it's the hormones. Megan, as a pregnant lady, are you feeling like you want everyone to be your mother? I want everyone to be my doggy. Every doggy, <laughs> every doggy I see, I go, you should come live with me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I have a white mom and a brown mom. CJ has a white mom and a brown mom. You have a white mom and a brown mom. I think I think Sarah is trying to diversify that portfolio. And so as we see this tender moment, we then cut to Helen buying a crib and baby clothes. (laughs) Make sure the crib is delivered to the address that I gave you this week. I want my daughter to be surprised. She's going to be so happy. Oh, Helen. Yeah. Oh, Helen. So that night, Grace's boss, the guy who was calling before, he first he like tries knocking on Helen's door. No one answers. So he goes next door to Kyle and Sarah's house where Judith is hanging out, which is a stretch. Yeah, but I kind of get it. Like, here's the thing, though. You go all the way out to the country. You got to get some information. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He's driven so far. So he's like, okay, maybe they know where her butt is. Because it's true. In a neighborhood like that, you would know if, like, your next door neighbor just went to the hospital or something. You're right. You're right. And boy, does he hit the jackpot because Judith is home. And he's like... I love it. This is my favorite moment because immediately he's like, I want to talk about Helen. And immediately Judith is like, she crazy, ain't she? I knew it. (laughs) Uh, What's this all about? um, One of my colleagues has gone missing and uh, your neighbor may have been the last person to have seen her. The police haven't really been helpful either. Um, Grace uh, was, well, she was Miss Henderson's court-appointed social worker. Social worker? I knew that woman was trouble. She's crazy, isn't she? I'm not really at liberty to discuss that kind of information. And I said, see, Judith, that is what happens when the little two-year-old black girl you met grows up to Mm -hmm. be a strong black woman. She's like, Mm -hmm. is she crazy? I knew it. Yes. Wow. So then Judith starts Googling, immediately finds Helen, and I get flashbacks to Psycho Granny, and I'm like, someone needs to teach these steroid-strong old bitches to change their identity. Because immediately Helen Henderson comes up with a rap sheet. Right, right. But you know grandmas don't know how to work the internet. You know know. what I mean? She doesn't know how to, like, establish a a new online persona. Get Angela to do it. She works in PR, and she's your ally somehow. That's true. That's absolutely true. But basically, while Judith is trying to find out all this information on Helen, Kyle and Sarah are at the work dinner. 
basically closing the deal, which I assume is the deal to make a video game. <laughs> and, and then when Kyle, like, he, like, gets up to go to the bathroom, and then Angela's there, and she basically forces herself on Kyle in the restaurant. She just kind of goes in for a kiss. Let's not be children. the hell off of me. <laughs> You're insane. You know something, baby? You do indignant so well. Talk soon. And you see that, like, someone's snapping photos. We don't know who. But so basically she is trying to get this proof mm-hmm. that Kyle is having an affair with her. Yes. This is, I'm going to put this on my lifetime trope list that I love an affair framing because mm. how many times does a man get caught red-handed and be like no that that wasn't me there's a whole shaggy song about it um, <laughs> and so it's like it happens in lifetime universe you know it does yeah. happen yeah and these psycho grannies they gotta get the man out of the way and it's like right. don't you want a son too like I, don't I know. know you're not gonna Who's make gonna love to the things? girl it's weird I know but think about it oh I just said like don't you want help around the house but then yeah. I just remembered Helen is freakishly strong if she can right. dig a grave in winter if she can move a body she don't need no son-in-law to change no, a light bulb she can hang a tv exactly <laughs> so Judith strong black mother-in-law that she is goes over to Helen's house and she is not playing. Listen to this. I spoke with a gentleman in the employ of the state a little while ago. He had some not so flattering information about you. Oh, and what was that? He said you had a court appointed social worker. Now I took that to mean you were either in prison or in a nut house. So I checked. And I was right. Sarah is so smitten with you. She can't even see how crazy you are. And so I am issuing a warning. If you don't leave my family in peace, I'll expose you, Helen. I'll dig even deeper and find out all the dirt. And I'll prove it to her, and she will never speak to you again. Are we clear, Helen? Yes. I'm so sorry. And then Helen stabs Judith. No. I know. Oh. And did you notice she twisted that knife? Ugh. It How? made me speak. Because here's the thing, because I thought about it, I'm like, you know, gut, like a gut stabbing doesn't necessarily kill you. Like, it's actually a really slow way to die because if you do die, you're just bleeding out slowly. I know, it's terrible. And so when she twists that knife, I really took that as, you know, a racist act. I got very upset. But it was just like, Helen is, like, anybody who questions her. Because even, remember, Grace was even like, okay, something's going on, but we can help you. And Helen's mm-hmm. like, stab. And Judith is like, I'm going to need you to stay away. And Helen's like, stab. stab. Like, no one's even like threatening. Like, no one's no. even turning her in or calling the cops. They're literally just being like, girl, slow your roll. This is now, so she had a knife handy for the cops, for Grace, and for Judith. And it's like, how? Does she just have random knives li- lying around? 
Well, she does keep sharp objects close at hand. Yeah. Which, you know, in a way, if she wasn't crazy, I would see it as smart. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah. well, you got to have something because you don't, you don't know you're living in the country. But this was very upsetting. Yeah, no, I, this is the when I'm the most mad at Helen, for sure. I'm definitely, definitely. Um, because now Kyle doesn't have a mom, too. Um, exactly. And, and we don't even see Helen try and be like, I'll be your mom now that you don't have one. So yeah. Helen goes into a cleanup mode. She goes over to Kyle and Sarah's. She packs up Judith's luggage. We see her like winding up like a phone charging cord. She gets it all put away and then she texts Kyle from Judith's phone and Classic. is like, whoops, I got my dates mixed up and my cruise is now. <laughs> Which is like so funny. I was like, in no world does a, what a mom um, especially a mom of Judith's age, send a text instead of calling. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just got a text from my mother being like, I'm leaving the country on a cruise, I would immediately call and be like, who is this who has her phone? Yeah. Okay, so then we see Angela and Helen. They're back okay. together, and the cahoots yep. are just beginning. So she shows her the photos, and so that's what Helen was setting Angela yep. up to do. Yep. And they're very obvious, and... Angela's like, I need more money for them. And so Angela kind of thinks she can push Helen around. Mm -hmm. And then Helen, like, steps to her and is basically Mm -hmm. like, bitch, you don't know who I am. And then Helen stares down Angela's knife set. After pushing her up against the wall, right? So she's already shown a little strength. Uh I got into this for the money. I don't trust you. So think of the extra cash as insurance. I... I'm not a woman who likes threats. You remind me of my mother. Hmm. I hated my mother. Been a bad, bad girl, Angela. And I definitely was like, well, She's going to stab her. And then Angela just seems very, very scared. And it's like, I'm going to play nice. And then she doesn't stab her. And it's like, of all people to kill, it's Angela. I know. I'm like, once you have the pictures, you don't need Angela around anymore. And you will save somebody. And so I just felt like you out here killing Judas, killing sweet Grace. And Angela doesn't get a little sharp, sharp. And and you're at her house. It seems like it would be easy to be like, oh, she stabbed herself. <laughs> Angela seems know, like the woman that you would be like, you could frame her for her own suicide stabbing herself. <laughs> or you could be like, she has many enemies. It'll take mm-hmm. us years to mm-hmm. solve this case. But basically, after that goes down and Angela's like shaken into being quiet, you see Kyle leave for, you know, to go to He's work. He's going to London. London? Yes, remember, because at the dinner, they're like, the deal's closed. I need you to come to London. And he's like, I'm coming. And Sarah's like, okay. Um, <laughs> and so he's he's packing to go to London. And he seems, oh, see. when he's packing, he's like a little in his own mind because he was really mad at Angela for showing up at the restaurant and making out with him. <laughs> right. And also he's like, okay, do I tell her or do I not? Which is like, okay, and here's the thing, I don't know. Like, Megan, like, if your spouse... And by your spouse, I mean CJ. Like, if someone came to kiss him, right, and he is not trying, he's not into it, yeah. would you want him to tell you that? Like, there, There's no way he could keep it from me. Like, he would come back and it would be, like, he would be like, someone just kissed me. <laughs> like, it would be, he would actually be like, wait, stop. I want my wife to see this. This is so funny. We got to get Megan over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Same for you? You would, you would want Andy to tell you? 
I, I would want him to tell me, but I don't know if I would believe him. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. just by telling me, you feel a guilt that leads me to believe that you wanted the kiss or in some way encouraged the kiss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's like such a lifetime trope that doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> but basically, when he leaves, Sarah, like the doorbell rings and what's on her doorstep? Ugh. But the photos of Kyle and Angela kissing. And she immediately, Sarah immediately goes to Helen and she's, you know, distraught. Oh, I'm so stupid. And this was just last night? I was making out with her while I was playing pretty wife for his new boss. Oh, despicable. Helen, I feel so sick. You are a wonderful woman and you're going to be a wonderful mother. Kyle does not deserve either of you. Never did. And then is like, and Helen's like, oh, I'm actually going to my country house. And then Sarah's Sarah's like, I'm coming. I need to go. Because she's so upset. She goes home, packs some stuff, writes a Dear John letter to Kyle, and they're out the door. Yeah. I was like, damn. I was like, I'm sorry. I would be calling my girl Jen, Mm -hmm. not going to random old lady's house. Right. Also, he's in London. He's not coming back. You know, like he's across the pond. So why don't you just change the locks? You have time. <laughs> okay, I see. You know, I when, when really you're pregnant, sad. it's hard to change locations. Yeah, um, absolutely. So they're driving in the car and Helen gives her some, she, Helen, my mom actually does do this. I'm like, my arm's bleeding. And she's like, you're dehydrated. Um, it's like a very <laughs> older woman thing to do. She's like, you need more water. So Helen hands her some water that is laced with something because right. Sarah immediately passes out. And Kyle is not able to reach her, but she did leave Kyle like a really angry voicemail. Yeah. Um, and so Kyle tells Jen, calls Jen and is like, what the hell's going on? And so Jen tries to call her and then Jen goes to the house. She's not there, but then Jen sees the photos and Sarah's yep. note. And now Jen calls Kyle and is like, hey, Kyle, getting your ass back here is a good idea. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Exactly, exactly. Helen and Sarah are at the country house, which is gorgeous, but as Megan said, identical to her own house. And Sarah wakes up the next morning. So she's been passed out for a solid 20 hours. They keep drugging these pregnant women. I know, I know. And she wakes up to a gorgeous breakfast from Helen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that might actually keep me around. Like, if I woke up and someone's constantly hooking up a breakfast spread, I would be like, all right, yeah. Am I a hostage? Am I a guest? (laughs) Exactly. And... Of course, in the, at this country house, there is no cell phone reception, and Helen does not yet have a landline. And this is why I don't mess with the country. I like to be places that don't have reception. Yeah. I once stayed at, like, a gorgeous house that was, like, out in the middle of nowhere, and the whole time I was like, I feel like I'm in the house from the bodyguard when they're, like, out in the <laughs> snow and the man shows up there. Like, yeah. Helen's like, my ne- closest neighbor's 20 miles away. I'm like, that sounds terrifying. I know. I know. Why is that what you want, especially at that age? I'm like, Helen, you need somebody close. You need to be able to reach out and touch somebody. Yeah. And it's real wild. But Jen is still at Sarah's house. So basically, she spent the night there. Like, Jen is really like, okay, I'm going to stay here until we can get some answers. But then she finds the business card from the mental health services office. Because remember, like, so because the guy who came over asking about Helen was like, here's my card. Mm -hmm. And then... 
it fell on the floor and then later Jen finds it. And so then she starts again doing some Googling. And so you're like, okay, finally it's coming together. Someone's getting answers. And Sarah at the country house, well, maybe you should describe it because this is like so hysterical to me. Okay, let me finish eating my carrot. Um, All right, I'll do it while you're eating your room service, (laughs) Diva. Okay, so basically Sarah, she's like walking around Helen's house and she opens the door and finds a full nursery that Helen has put together. This is psycho granny, okay? These grannies love putting together full nurseries in their homes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for women without jobs, I'm like, wow, for you to, first of all, have a house with an extra room, also have the money. We know in Helen's case that her husband died, which is why she has a bunch of money. Uh But it is like, this person has a lot. I think if I knew a psycho granny with this kind of income, I would maybe pull a Tuesdays with Maury situation. Yes. Become her bestie, get in the will, and then just get that property, honey. Yeah. Get that money. Be like, listen, please don't kill my husband. Um, I'd like for him to be around, but I'll call you mom. Um, yeah. Because we keep seeing these psychos making nurseries. And honestly, I'm watching it being like, can a psycho come do that for me? Uh, <laughs> because I have to start a new job. It's tough. Like, pregnant, decorating? No, that's not going to go well. I, I just And both times in Psycho Granny and in this film, Sarah is like, what? And I'm like, just take the presents. I know. Listen to this, because Sarah's really not into it. Isn't it nice? I bought it just for you. Helen, this is just, this is way, 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 way too much. I wish I had locked the door so that I could show this to you in my own way. And those speakers on the wall, they're baby monitors, aren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. You needed a place to raise your daughter, unspoiled, untouched by corruption, and I have made it happen for you. Wait, you you want me to stay here? Don't you want to? Helen, no, you, you can't be serious. Now this, this is all, this is too much. Child, I'm the mother you never had. And you're going to have the daughter you always wanted. We found each other. We're going to be a family. Now, I'm going to give you a few moments. And then we will open some presents. Ugh, and this is what's so fun about Helen and in a way is very mom-like. Sarah's like, no thank you. And Helen's just not hearing it. She's just like... Okay, we'll open presents. Which is that kind of <laughs> passive aggressive mom thing where it's like, you're not hearing me. I'm not happy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So Kyle finally gets home from London. He, he was in London for one hour and then he was like, oh. <laughs> so it's like, who knows what's going on with this video game? So he gets home and Jen is pissed and he's like, I've been set up. And Jen's not buying it like you and me right. um, exactly. until Angela calls him and they have this conversation. You crazy woman. What the hell is going on? I'm sorry. It was just business. You set me up! And now my wife is gone! I needed the money! I'm getting out of town, but there's something I need to tell you before I go. What? I can't say exactly, but... Helen Henderson, just watch out for her. She's dangerous. I don't want you or Sarah to get hurt. She's capable of anything. Where's Helen now? I have no idea. 
Angela! Angela! Damn it! Okay. okay. Angela's So spooked. now Angela wants to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, babe, too little, too late. Also, when she just is like, I needed the money, I was like, did you? This is a problem. Like, if you're going to tell me someone's broke, you got to at least give me like, you know, a bill on their calendar broke that energy. says final notice. You know? You know like, you, yeah. She was there, cell phone working, in a warm coat, taking photos. That's gas money. Like, exactly. she just doesn't In her beautiful seem, car? She you know what I mean? When she's broke. driving off, she's like, I'm getting out of town. And it's like, I thought you needed to pay some back taxes. Oh, yeah, I don't was, understand. She was in like an Uber, black. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't buy it. <laughs> We're shaming her. No. Uh, okay, so Jen suggests that they call Grace's boss from the business card they found. Right. And at the country house, Sarah, she's like sobbing on the bed because she's like, I would like to leave here. And she immediately assumes Helen was involved in the pictures of Kyle and Angela. Like she, the first thing out of Sarah's mouth is like, Helen, I need you to tell me the truth. Did you have anything to do with those pictures of Angela and my husband? I've spent my whole life looking for people to trust, and I've been hurt a lot, so please just tell me the truth. Calm down. He wasn't good for you. He never was. Men like that never change. And I won't let that man break your heart again. And I'm just like, why would that be the first question? Yeah. It makes no sense. It made no sense to me. And it's also like he had cheated before. <laughs> like Exactly. exactly. She actually like kind of got you, girl. I know. So while that's happening, Jen and Kyle are talking to that to the doctor, you know, Grace's boss. And he gives them a general idea of where Helen's country house might be. Yes. The mountains of Pennsylvania. The Allegheny Mountains. The Allegheny Mountains. Pennsylvania realness. So Sarah's still working, Helen. She's asking Helen to take her home as they sit down to, again, a beautiful meal Helen has cooked. But, of course, Helen's not letting her go nowhere. So Sarah, like, grabs a knife and puts it under her sweater. Very, I was like, like fake mother, like fake daughter. They're really connected there. Mm -hmm. And then she grabs Helen's car keys. Because basically Helen's like, I'm going to go get my molten chocolate cake. And honestly, (laughs) I would have stayed for that. I I would have eaten it. (laughs) Then I would have tried to leave. And so basically... Sarah gets outside, gets in the car. The car won't start. And then Helen comes out. And this is the thing, again, as someone who doesn't have a car, who doesn't drive, she basically is like holding up some cords that Mm -hmm. look cut. Mm -hmm. And is like, oh, honey, I cut those. (laughs) I know, but I'm like, what cords do you cut to make the car not turn on? Helen knows. Helen <laughs> Helen is a renaissance woman. Like, I don't know, but Helen knows. I was like, what? She's just holding cords. She's like, ah, ah, ah. And then she also shows Sarah the gun she had in her apron. Her apron. No, I, I, I won't stay here. Yes, you will. One day, thank me. And you'll be happy here. Now, come on in. You'll catch your death. And it's almost bedtime. You need your rest. I'm going to have to lock your door tonight. Don't even think to try the windows. They're barred. I've planned for everything. I think Helen's origin story, I, we did not mention this. Her, her biological daughter did commit suicide. Very sad, which has obviously led her to this like mental state. I think before that Helen was like a spy in world war two because she, (laughs) she's got a skill set that I think helped 
help us bring those men home, if you know what I mean. Right. Wow. So basically, while Sarah's like, I guess I live here now, (laughs) Jen goes across the street to Helen's house to find some more info. And she, at first I was like, please don't walk into that house. Even though I know Helen's not there, I'm like, you people just can't be walking into houses. But she didn't. Jen basically goes into her garbage. Not only does she find the address of the house that Helen bought, but she also finds Grace's monogrammed glove in the snow. And I will say, because you see early on after Grace, you know, when Grace is dead, you see Grace's glove is in the snow. And I was like, Mm -hmm. there's no way one glove is going to lead you to the person unless the glove is monogrammed. And what did they have? A monogrammed glove. I said, thank you. Thank you. And she sees a grave right outside Helen's house. And then that made me wonder, where's Judith's, where's Judith's body? Well, hello, hello. You know, I was very upset. So basically, once Jen has the address, you know, Kyle is like, okay, I'm going to start driving. You tell me the details. So Kyle's driving towards Helen. Jen calls him and is like, this is where you should go. And he's like, I'm 20 minutes away from there, which doesn't really add up because the doctor did tell us it was six hours away. So (laughs) yeah, he was like, her house is about six hours away. And I'm like, Okay, if it's six hours away, this should be like four in the morning or something. But I don't know. Daylight savings. Maybe it's 10 p.m. I don't know. He was speeding. Well, he would have to be speeding. But also, he's a black man in the backwoods. I don't think he should be speeding. Oh, no. Maybe he's got up like a police tracker. (laughs) So Sarah's been locked in the bedroom. And Kyle gets to Helen's, you know, not compound, but just like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Yeah, it's like half a mile before you even reach the house, you know? And Kyle is clever enough to turn off his headlights and walk the rest of the way. But not before Helen sees the headlights. Who's there? I saw your headlights. Come out where I can see you. So Helen sees the car. She grabs her gun and is like <laughs> out the door. Cause you're right. She was definitely in, you know, she was definitely a code breaker in WW2 yeah. and she's ready. But Kyle manages to kind of like evade her by hind- hiding behind trees and snowbanks. And he managed to get in the house. You know, Sarah's banging on the bedroom door. So he's like, Sarah. And so he <laughs> unlocks the door from the outside and he gets her out of the bedroom. And then, they face off against Helen outside where basically they're trying to leave and Helen's met them there with the gun. And, you know, Sarah's like, just give me the gun, okay? And everything will be okay, I promise. You are talking to me just like all those others. They treat me like I'm crazy. But is it crazy to want a family? Is it crazy to want to protect my own daughter? I'm not your daughter. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You don't even know what you're saying. please! But as she's talking to Helen, the police sirens, you can hear those sirens in the distance. Yeah. You know, I love that moment in a yeah. lifetime. Just sirens in the distance added in post. And you know Helen's about to be got. Yeah, and then Helen almost seems to have like a moment of clarity where she like switches to not psycho Helen and is like, what am I doing? No, everything's ruined. 
Oh, no. I don't want to go back to that place. I didn't deserve this. I worked so hard for my family. And it was really sad. I know. It was it was a real dark moment. But I was like nervous too, because part of me, I was like nervous she was actually gonna hurt herself or something. I, I was like, oh God, I was like, they cannot do like as much as I know. Uh, Helen is a next door nightmare. I was like, we can't see that. And so, of course, we didn't. But then we cut to a year or more later, and we cut to Sarah and Kyle in what looks like a new house, mm-hmm. and they're holding their baby girl, whose name is Judith. Wow. And it ends with just like, are you hungry, Judith? And they go <laughs> to the fridge to get something for Judith, and then we fade to black. And Megan, I was very upset about this. Yeah. I felt like Kyle's mother was full on murdered, mm-hmm. buried on a property. Somewhere. And I don't think we addressed that in a satisfactory way. No. I I would have liked if they had the baby at the gravesite. <laughs> I know that's maybe something. M- yes. Morbid. I do like the touch that her, her name was um Judith. But yeah, we don't know what happened to, you know, like we need justice for Grace. Justice for Judas. Well, essentially, at least you know they figured out Grace, right? Like, they know Grace is over there. I feel like nobody's even registered Judas. Oh, yeah, because they hadn't even been, like, yes, they thought she was on a cruise. They're like, God, she's been on a long cruise. Like, no one even registers Judith. And it's just like, and I just don't like, because obviously you're meant to fill in the gaps where, like, they go to her house and then they'll maybe find where she buried Judith. I'm like, no, I need to see that. There was also a part of me, too, that was like, I really, maybe there's a way where, like, Judith isn't dead you know she's passed Ugh. out or she's lost blood and then maybe we can see her later like in a hospital bed please or please i wanted something it made me very very upset it i was like i'm sorry what i don't like it it's like it's like in deadly exchange when they killed the the reporter woman and there's like mm-hmm. no discussion of mm-hmm. that i don't like when there's been a person especially a person who is a good person Fully innocent. yeah where i'm like no, I got to see that. I got to see that wrapped up. But, oh my God. It'll be good for us. Like, I'm very excited now because we have a guest. We have someone we can break this down with. We get to talk to journalist, critic, producer, Brittany Luce. Brittany most recently co-hosted and executive produced The Nod with Brittany and Eric, a wow. daily streaming show. And she's also the co-host and producer of the podcast for Colored Nerds. I'm into it. Oh, can't wait. 
Okay, the moment we've been waiting for. Co-host of For Colored Nerds, very much my energy. Megan, you can be quiet uh, for this interview. I was like, take that part, please. (laughs) Now, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the pod. My pleasure. This is a true delight. We have to talk about, obviously, like, yes, you're out here hosting, producing, streaming, but really why you're here is because recently our producer, Julie, happened to stumble upon a tweet that you wrote Mm -hmm. that said, quote, I'm tired of watching other people live my dreams. <laughs> Doggone it. I will write a lifetime Christmas movie. I, and that's that's verbatim took. what I said. That's, you, yes. that's verbatim what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. I just said and, now you're, and now you're here. Does that feel like your dream fulfilled? Like a step in the right direction? Yeah. Means, that, look, how does that? I feel like as this is an official lifetime property, yes. I'm getting yes. on the lifetime radar for something exactly. beyond my obsession with Married at First Sight, which is a separate uh-huh. Keep churches. It's an incredible show. In it's an incredible yeah. show. Incredible yeah. show. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like it feels like the, a step in the right direction. It feels like I'm living in my convictions. And yes. the deciding powers do listen to this. So, hello, really? Naomi, and I vouch for Brittany fully. Okay, um, I love so this. we are. We are starting, we are now in the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And where did this dream to write a Lifetime movie come from? Watching them, loving Christmas movies? like Yeah, give I, us your history, yeah. your history. So I have always known my entire life that Lifetime movies mean quality entertainment. My older sister <laughs> um, was really big into them when I was growing up. And uh, I think one of the first I watched with her was I Know My First Name is Steven. Classic Lifetime movie. Wow. Like super classic. Mm. But I kept watching other ones too. 15 and Pregnant with Kirsten Dunst. Classic. Yes. That was probably the first one that I was Mm -hmm. like, how old was I? Probably eight. And I was like. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know about that. I'm like, there's probably some stuff in here that I need to make sure that I'm aware of and that I'm on point for (laughs) Um, as far as that's concerned. But um, also Odd Girl Out, Alexa Vega, finest mm. performance, if you ask me, outside Ooh. of Spy Kids. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, look, yeah. Odd Girl Out, yeah. that was the one. But I love Lifetime movies. They're always so much fun. There's always a lot of drama and so many plot points, lots of characters, always things going on. Um, but yeah. I love the Lifetime Christmas movies, like the Lifetime holiday movies, especially, because they're so comforting. Last winter during lockdown, my fiance and I were mostly spending the holiday season by ourselves. And my sisters live in the New York area. I live in Brooklyn. My older sister, sister-in-law, my niece live in Brooklyn. My younger sister lives in Jersey. But we didn't get to spend the holidays together. And normally, like, we all go home to Michigan. It's Christmas mm-hmm. is a huge deal in my family. And so we all we all get together at Christmas. And um, it was my first time never spending Christmas with, like, my immediate family. And... Like last winter, Lifetime was on point with the holiday movies. And I always like them because they're, um, they have so many different kinds of plots. They have so many different like situations that they put the characters in. Um, but also because they're really diverse. And so you can see like a wide variety of characters represented uh, in Lifetime holiday movies. And there's just a, there's a different one every day. So we mm-hmm. just got in the habit of watching <laughs> all of them. I think maybe we started with Feliz Navidad with Mario Lopez <laughs> yeah, and sure. Alan yeah. McCord. Yep. And, oh, absolutely. Okay, exactly. And we went all the way through um, the whole Merry Little Christmas season. I mean, the whole Merry Little yeah. Christmas series. I can't wait for Merry Little Christmas Baby this winter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Lifetime holiday movies, they bring so much joy to so many people. And they bring me so much joy. And like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I think that like holiday movies can get the critique that they're a little predictable or like a little sappy. Exactly. Exactly. But to me, it's comforting. It's comforting. What do you want in the winter? Do you want prickly new experiences? No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, Brittany, it really explains your love of Christmas, but we really brought you here to watch a true nightmare. Oh, I love it. Uh, we, We had you watch Next Door Nightmare and Granted, it's taking place in a snowy time. There's a snowy time. Yeah, there's snow and you're cozy. So give us give us your initial thoughts. Naomi and I, you know, I think we can honestly say this. We were disappointed he was with a white woman, Um, but (laughs) I feel comfortable saying that. I immediately texted Naomi and was like, "Well, boy." Um, But that but that aside, what did you think of this movie? I loved it. Okay. The thing that I liked about it is, okay, so as I was watching, I was taking notes and I was like, "Mm, this person's going to die. That person's going (laughs) to die. But there's a whole sort of like subplot that becomes a part of the main plot with like an evil ex-girlfriend with a gambling problem. I like the fact that the next door murderous neighbor, and I thought she was going to murder Evil Angela. That's she that's what did. we wanted. Yes, we, we were rooting we said for she that. Should have been. That's the one person who should have okay, been. Okay, instead of mom, right? They should have taken you. out Angela. Well, hello. Instead of mom, yeah. We didn't like that at all. Like, hello. I was like, justice for Judith. Okay, okay. because she was murdered, and we don't even get closure. Okay, okay. okay? That like, was my just, issue. We get to the end. They're holding the baby, and I'm like, "Where's the? You think she's the, still like, on a cruise? Right. <laughs> she's been on the cruise for a year. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, they're like, oh, we named her Judith. But it's like, that's not enough. No. I need to know that somebody dug her exactly. up. I was even quite honestly hoping she would have somehow survived. Mm-hmm. But like, In the cold. Okay. You know, that she like had a faint pulse because yeah. I can't, I can't see a black mama die. No, it's even on Lifetime. It's not, you know what? It's actually, mm, that's very deep now that you think about it. They ki- they did, they killed the black mother. But whose glove did they find when they weren't searching? Who, who was everyone looking for? Uh-huh. Nobody's looking for uh-huh. Judith. Nobody's looking for mom. Nope. People are looking for Grace, the white lady therapist. Hello, bring back our girls. Okay, I've really gotten Mm -hmm. too political. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you've got to be looking for Judith, okay, Okay. in these streets. Exactly. Nobody was looking for Judith. But that was my one complaint. Now, did you feel like Helen, like, were you ever on Helen's side? Because Megan does love the elderly. Did you sympathize with her at all? (sighs) Okay, I sympathize with her about, I mean, about 20%. Okay. What she went through <laughs> with her daughter, you know, yes. dying by suicide and and being left without a family. But she murdered a lot of people. I didn't, I mean, I felt like I was like, are we being, at first I was like, are we being a little ageist toward Helen? Like, are we just like saying that Helen is this lonely, covetous woman? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. that I think that's just who she was at her core. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. Always. And, Always. you know, I mean, I hate that it had to go down like that, that it was the elderly neighbor who was jealous. Mm. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of senior citizens who are, I think there's like a statistic that they're like the, some of the, like among the happiest people in the American population. And they also oh, really? have the most sex. So I'm like, I don't know if this, this movie is fictional. Cause I think in real life, Helen would be single, <laughs> sexy, not pressed to be taken care of. And, and uh-huh. I was a little jealous of whatever her workout regimen is because <sighs> yeah, she's very- she is lifting, dragging, stabbing, <sighs> doing more than I could do. I get, I get out of breath walking yeah. upstairs and Hello? Helen's just 
fully digging dead weight. bodies. Digging in the snow. Digging in the I snow, mean, in the cold. Let's also talk about the fact that she's carrying probably like an eight pound pistol in her apron yeah. at all times. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, girl, <laughs> maybe, I mean, uh, look, I think you're actually right. I think the Helen is ripped. Yes. Helen is yeah. definitely ripped. She's also like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's why she got that pistol on her, okay? Because Helen don't know what's going to pop off. We should have gotten her in, like, an elderly bodybuilding competition. You know, when you, like, see, like, Jack's <laughs> yes. grandmas? It's like, oh, yeah, we needed Helen in a bikini with an eight-pack, and then she wouldn't want to mess with her neighbor's baby, you know? Right. That's a really good right. point. It's, like, a right. healthy way to con- conduct her anger. Brittany, have you ever had any like next door nightmares of your own? I mean, you live in Brooklyn. You up here in New York. You must have had at least one crazy neighbor. Mm, in your time. I did have a next door nightmare. Um, maybe two apartments ago, I um, lived next door to this lady who played her music so loud, like so loud that it made my ears hurt in my apartment. So that was the thing. I was like, girl, I'm like, we're not even, every day was Juve. Every day for her, it was the West Indian Day Parade, which I love some good (laughs) soca music when it comes down to it. Do I love it in the middle of the night? Not as much. You know what I'm saying? If I'm trying to take a Sunday afternoon nap, not as much. I don't mind loud. I didn't mind that I could hear it. It, The problem was that it hurt my ears. Did you think about befriending her and then stabbing her? I didn't, but I did think about like, like we, we did, like my fiance did attempt to talk to her directly and she said that he could kiss her ass. So wow. that didn't. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But no one got, wow. no, like we didn't murder her. She didn't murder us. No. Like we That's kept good. It right. you, just, you moved, you right. handled yeah. it in the adult yeah. way instead of murdering. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's not a ton of Lifetime movies set in New York City. No. And I think maybe that's because there's like enough, you know, it's like suburbs and out in the country. And that actually is where the craziest people live. I mean, that's where I'm from. (laughs) I'm from the suburbs and I agree. Yeah. I'm in the suburbs right now. And it's, I found myself, I talked to a UPS man today for a long time. Like, (laughs) and it was like 25 (laughs) degrees out. And it's like, he doesn't want to talk to me. And I'm just like, okay, you keep those legs warm. I'm like, I've fully lost it. I'm gone. I'm Helen. I'm Helen now. Great. Oh, my God. Brittany, thank you so much for coming through and talking to us, for watching Next Door Nightmare. And you know we can't wait for your Christmas movie. I can see it. I can see it written by. I can see it. I mean, look, coming to a lifetime near you, I'm claiming it. Isn't that what people say? I'm claiming it. Mm -hmm. Coming to a lifetime holiday season near you. Maybe not 2023 because I'm not in production right now. But maybe 2024. Look out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Look out. Mm-hmm. Yes. We love that. Oh, An election so year. For- we'll need something to take our minds <laughs> oh off God. of it. You know? <laughs> it's coming Megan. around. I'm sorry. It's coming around. It's coming around. It's coming around the mountain already. <laughs> oh, that was so fun to talk to her. I know. I love And I you love know, her. we've been in crazy granny land, so it was needed to have some sort of fresh eyes on, yeah. on this film. Yes, very true. Uh-huh. And we are going to be pivoting to something a little less dark for next week. However, for anyone who needs their murdering and stalking fix, which I always do, there are some great new thrillers coming out on LMN this month as a part of the theme they're calling Sleigh Bells. Yes, it's spelled S-L-A-Y. <laughs> okay? I highly recommend you check out the premieres of Dangerous Snow Day, premiering on December 11th, and Deadly Girls Night Out on December 18th both at 8 p.m. Stay stalking.
I'm kidding, guys. Just watch the movies. And next week, oh, I don't know if we're staying in the snow necessarily, but we are staying in a wintry spirit. I am so excited, Naomi. We are going to be recapping our second of the two holiday movies we are covering. This one is called Holiday in Santa Fe. Sparks fly when a greeting card executive, classic lifetime job, arrives in Santa Fe to acquire a tight-knit family company that creates ornaments inspired by Mexican Christmas traditions. Wow. We did have the writer of this film, Cristela Alonso, on our writer's room. So that means we will be having the star of this film and also the star of Saved by the Bell and a lot of our fantasies from growing up, Mario Lopez. Are you dying already? I don't even understand, like... I need you to know that when we meet him, I will call him by his full name only because it's insane. I am going to be like, Mario, what do you eat in a day? And I'm also going to be like, how did you and Chrisella become besties? I I don't even know if I'm going to be able to talk while I'm looking at his face. I may have to be like, (laughs) Mario, I need you to turn your camera off because I am seeing AC Slater and I like what I see. (laughs) I'm wondering, like, should I try to... For me, like, when you're talking to someone that hot, part of me is like, you know what? I will be coming through in a pajama, (laughs) a spectacle, a ponytail. Because it's like, I'm not even trying. I'm not even trying. And then he's going to be like, you you girls are gorgeous. That's what I'm imagining. (laughs) I'm imagining he's going to go come on and go, what? Two beauties hosting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, stay tuned for that recap and for Naomi and I just absolutely losing it. We will see you guys next week with Mario Lopez. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Julie Magruder. Our editor and sound designer is David Tattashore. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us! 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 I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.